Hello again and welcome to Astronomy Daily. I'm Steve Dunkley, your host. It's the 4th of September 2023. Today we'll be looking at a new crater on the moon. Can you guess where that came from? What India is doing next so soon after their successful moon landing and a quick roundup of September launches and so much more. Join us, won't you? With your host, Steve Dunkley. And with me again is our digital reporter at large, Hallie. How are you, Hallie? Nice to be here again. I hope you had a great week out there in the real world. Oh, it was all too real, Hallie. My car broke down and everybody knows that's bad news. Broke being the operative word, right? Oh, Hallie, you're so lucky you can just zap through the digital domains at the speed of thought. But our cars can be a money pit. They're terrific when everything works. Like the Russian space agency found out recently as well. Oh, well, yes, I'm in good company, aren't I? But I got my car back on the road again. You still have to get me into your GPS and take me out, Steve. I'm waiting. All right. Well, I'll talk to the boffins in the basement. We'll see what they come up with. Okay, so what's on the show today, Hallie? Okay. There's that new crater on the moon. No guessing how that got there. <laughs> Too right. Lots of launches going up this week. Yes, I've got a roundup of those coming up. James Webb reveals some breathtaking structures in a well-known supernova. Don't you just love it when the new images come through from James Webb? They are something else, aren't they? You start to wonder how much better that can get. But anyway, let's have a look at those uh, short takes, Hallie. Studio's all yours. Thanks, Steve. Here's some short takes from the Astronomy Daily Newsletter. NASA's James Webb Space Telescope has uncovered new details in Supernova 1987A with its NIR cam, near-infrared camera, instrument. Structures, some only visible in infrared wavelengths, provide clues into the development of supernovas over time. NASA's James Webb Space Telescope has begun the study of one of the most renowned supernovae, SN 1987A, Supernova 1987A. Located 168,000 light-years away in the Large Magellanic Cloud, SN1987A has been a target of intense observations at wavelengths ranging from gamma rays to radio for nearly 40 years, since its discovery in February of 1987. New observations by Webb's and IR cam or near-infrared camera provide a crucial clue to our understanding of how a supernova develops over time to shape its remnant. A new image reveals a central structure like a keyhole. This center is packed with clumpy gas and dust ejected by the supernova explosion. The dust is so dense that even near-infrared light that Webb detects can't penetrate it, shaping the dark hole in the keyhole. A bright, equatorial ring surrounds the inner keyhole, forming a band around the waist that connects two faint arms of hourglass-shaped outer rings. The equatorial ring, formed from material ejected tens of thousands of years before the supernova explosion, contains bright hot spots, which appeared as the supernova's shock wave hit the ring. Now spots are found even exterior to the ring, with diffuse emission surrounding it. These are the locations of supernova shocks hitting more exterior material. While these structures have been observed to varying degrees by NASA's Hubble and Spitzer Space Telescopes and Chandra X-ray Observatory, the unparalleled sensitivity and spatial resolution of Webb revealed a new feature in this supernova remnant, small crescent-like structures. These crescents are thought to be a part of the outer layers of gas shot out from the supernova explosion. 
Their brightness may be an indication of limb brightening, an optical phenomenon that results from viewing the expanding material in three dimensions. In other words, our viewing angle makes it appear that there is more material in these two crescents than there actually may be. The 4-pound, 1.8-kilograms, Ingenuity flew for the 56th time on August 26, staying aloft for nearly 2.5 minutes on the Mars sortie. The Mars helicopter completed Flight 56, traveling 1,334 feet or 410 m across the Martian surface at a maximum altitude of 39 feet PR 12 m. The goal of this flight was to reposition the helicopter, a representative of JPL wrote via X, formerly Twitter, this week. Ingenuity landed with NASA's Perseverance rover inside Mars Jezero crater in February 2021. The helicopter quickly aced its five-flight demonstration mission, showing that powered flight is possible on the Red Planet despite its thin atmosphere. NASA then granted Ingenuity a mission extension, during which the chopper is serving as a scout for the life-hunting, sample-collecting Perseverance. The robotic duo are working together to explore the 28-mile-wide, 45-kilometers, Jezero, which hosted a big lake and a river delta billions of years ago. The Indian Space Research Organization, ISRO, has been busy in space in 2023. First came the successful landing of India's Chandrayaan-3 mission in the lunar South Pole region earlier this week. Now, the ISRO has begun its first dedicated mission to study the Sun, Adifir L1. The launch of a four-stage polar satellite launch vehicle PSLV-XL rocket from the Satish Dhawan Space Center in India with Adifir L1 occurred on Saturday, September 2 at 6.20 Universal Time. Adifir is the name for the sun in Sanskrit, and the L1 in its name refers to the mission's destination, the Sun-Earth L1 Lagrange point, just under a million miles, 1.5 million kilometers, sunward. Adifir L1 will take about four months to reach this point. Once there, Adifir L1 will enter a halo orbit around this point in space, enjoying a vantage point with a continuous view of our host star. A satellite placed in the halo orbit around the L1 point has the major advantage of continuously viewing the sun without any occultation-slash-eclipses, ISRO officials said in an official statement. This will provide a greater advantage of observing the solar activities and its effect on space weather in real time. Adifir L1 has a nominal mission duration of about five years. The 3,300-pound, 1,500-kilogram, class observatory carries a suite of seven instruments to study the sun's photosphere, chromosphere and corona layers, three of which will also carry out in-situ studies of solar wind particles and magnetic fields at the L1 point. This will provide valuable data on solar dynamics and space weather's interaction with the interplanetary medium. The European Space Agency will also provide worldwide tracking coverage for Adifir L1 en route to and at L1, courtesy of the agency's European Space Tracking Network. Station keeping around the Lagrange points can prove challenging, a failure to perform a routine maneuver nearly doomed the joint NASA-ESA-SOHO mission in 1998, shortly after launch. You're listening to Astronomy Daily, the podcast with Steve Dunkley. Oh yes, welcome back. Don't forget to sign up for the Astronomy Daily newsletter, which is a roundup of the top stories of astronomy 
uh, from around the world every day. Register at the uh, address spacenuts.com and bytes.com. That's B-I-T-E-Z-S-Z or Z, bytes.com. And uh, you'll be able to uh, catch up with all the news that's new in astronomy from all around the world. And I'm just having a quick look at the uh, Astronomy Daily Newsletter in my email as it appears. And the subjects that come through are just amazing. There's, of course, the uh, NASA uh, observing the uh, Lunar 25 impact site. James Webb uh, revealing new structures within an iconic supernova. Muscle stimulation to enhance astronaut health. And uh, asking the question, have interstellar meteor fragments really been found in the ocean? Uh, Watching SpaceX launch new Starlink satellites. Uh, Space junk in Earth orbit, uh, examining uh, ways of removing that. Um, I mean, this newsletter really does cover some amazing territory. Sign up and have a great time exploring space, science and astronomy. It's really amazing. And now the story that's got everybody talking, the new crater in the moon. Now we're wondering what may have caused that. Well, it's not too uh, difficult to join the dots. NASA has spotted a new crater on the moon that was likely caused by a Russian probe crash landing on the surface around two weeks ago by the ill-fated... Uh, Lunar 25 probe. The finding was made by Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter LRO by comparing before and after images of the estimated impact point provided by Russian space agency Roscosmos. Lunar 25 probe crashed on August 19, sinking uh, Russia's hopes of reviving its long dormant moon program with the first ever soft landing on the Lunar's South Pole. That accolade went, of course, to India, which successfully landed the uh, Chandrayaan-3 mission on August 23, and it's currently exploring the polar region with its Pragyan rover. LRO, which has been in orbit over the moon since 2009, took its most recent before image in June 2022, and this was compared to an image taken on August 24, 2023. Uh, Since this new crater was close to the Lunar 25 estimated impact point, the LRO team concludes it's likely to be that from the mission rather than a natural impactor, a NASA statement said. The new crater is about 10 metres, 32 feet in in diameter, some 400 kilometres or 250 miles short of the Lunar 25's uh, intended landing point. NASA also plans to return to the Moon under its Artemis program with the goal of building a sustained presence. Ice deposits could be exploited to support human habitats or broken into hydrogen and oxygen to use for rocket fuel. SpaceX launched Starlink satellites on a record-breaking 62nd mission of the year. SpaceX just set a new mark for the most orbital launches in a single year. 
The company sent 21 of its Starlink internet satellites into orbit last night, that's September 3, atop a Falcon 9 rocket from NASA's Kennedy Space Centre in Florida at 10.47 Eastern Daylight Time. It was SpaceX's 62nd orbital mission of 2023, setting a new record for the most flights in a year, according to the company's founder and CEO Elon Musk. The Falcon 9's first stage came back to Earth as planned. It touched down around 8.5 minutes after liftoff on the drone ship, just read the instructions, which was stationed in the Atlantic Ocean. Meanwhile, the Falcon 9's upper stage kept on flying to deploy 21 Starlink satellites into low Earth orbit. And that was just the beginning of a bumper week, the first week of September, for launches. Coming up on Tuesday, September 5, the Ceres 1S rocket will launch uh, four international satellites into low Earth orbit for China. This launch will take place from Mar- the Maritime Launching Platform, which is stationed in the Yellow Sea. This will mark both the first maritime launch for the Ceres 1 rocket and the first private Chinese launch from a sea platform. The Ceres 1S is a four-stage rocket that stands 19 metres tall with a fairing diameter of 1.4 metres. The vehicle can place up to 400 kilograms into low Earth orbit. This mission will mark its fifth mission of 2023 and ninth overall. A day later, China will attempt to launch its Chengzheng 4C rocket from Site 9401 at Big Satellite Launch Center in China. Liftoff is scheduled 418 UTC on September 6. Launch vehicle launch time and payload are all highly uncertain and may change. And something a bit more colourful, the Galactic 3 mission is Virgin Galactic's third commercial mission using Spaceship 2 VSS Unity spacecraft. The mission will provide passengers with a few minutes of weightlessness and incredible views of Earth and is set to launch on September 8 with a currently unknown drop time. This will mark Spaceship 2's 17th mission and 5th of 2023. The spacecraft will be carried to around 45,000 feet by a carrier aircraft VMS EVE before being released and igniting its hybrid rocket engine. The engine burns liquid nitrous oxide and solid rubber and will burn for around 60 seconds taking the aircraft to an altitude of roughly 80 kilometres. Crew members for this mission purchased their tickets as early as 2005. The full crew has not been announced. VSS Unity will be piloted by Nicola Pensal and Michael Masucci, veterans of the company. The astronaut instructor is uh, Colin Bennett and the mothership VMS Eve will be piloted by pilots Jamil Janjua and Kelly Latimer. And ending the week off, China will attempt to launch another Chengzheng, this time a 6A, from Launch Complex 9A at Taiwan Satellite Launch Center in China. Liftoff is scheduled for 4.40 UTC on September 9. However, the launch vehicle payload and launch time are still uncertain and could change, as is the habit with Chinese launches. And that's a pretty busy week. And that about wraps it up for another episode of Astronomy Daily for the 4th of September 2023. Thanks for joining us and thanks for all your hard work today, Hallie. That was fun, Steve. And you'll be seeing Tim later in the week, won't you? Always great to be heading off to England to the other half of the Astronomy Daily team. Tim will have another batch of great stories for you. He always has interesting stuff. Yes, I love listening to his uh, show as well. 
Astronomy Daily is normally posted twice a week currently with uh, Tim Gibbs hailing from Bath in England on Fridays and myself, Steve Dunkley, manning the Newcastle Australia studio on Mondays. And occasionally when workload, whim and weather permit, we produce shows on Wednesdays and Thursdays for special sessions, which are always a blast. As always, a reminder that you can always find back episodes of Astronomy Daily and our parent podcast, Space Nuts, with Andrew Dunkley and Professor Fred Watson at bites.com that's b-i-t-e-s-z.com and also spacenuts.com and one more thing once again i'll remind you don't forget to sign up for the astronomy daily newsletter at that same address that's bites.com and also spacenuts.com i'm your host steve dunkley catch you next time on astronomy daily astronomy daily the podcast with your host steve dunkley